Well, welcome everyone. This is a wonderful episode of the Succeed in AMP podcast, and it's for one solid reason. Actually, two solid reasons. One of my favorite people in the entire world, Michael Cote, is here with us today to talk about one of the most revolutionary products that we've ever published here in the last couple months. <laughs> I like saying that, Michael, because everything's revolutionary. You know that already. And the second reason why this is such a great show is not only because of my guest, Michael Cote, here today, but we're doing this one in person, which is always a luxury and a plus. Right, Michael? Yeah, it's a lot better to be able to interact with you across a table than the WebEx. Yeah, WebEx can leave a little bit to be desired. So what we thought we would do today is we would record a show for you to learn a little bit more about one of these awesome products that I'm calling Revolutionary. It's called the Practice Atlas for Anatomy and Physiology. And it's one that Michael worked on um, with our team here locally in Dubuque. And it's hit the market in August. It's done very well. People love, love, love this product. And I think it's uh, because of the, some of the reasons why we created it. So Michael and I and the rest of our team, we all, all wrote an article about the Practice Atlas, which I'll link in our show notes so you can have access, access to that. But we're going to talk a little bit about the Practice Atlas today. Does that sound good to you, Michael? Sounds great. All right. So we all know that the laboratory is probably the most fun place in any science course, but especially in AP. True? Absolutely. But a lot can go wrong in the, in the lab, right? For sure. You have students like me that maybe don't pay attention. I would have been, yeah. You would have been on the list, too. Yeah, I would have been definitely on the list. So you have a guy like me who's not paying attention, or maybe I didn't read the night before, so I'm going to need a lot of help in your lab course, right? Coming to lab prepared, big challenge. Number one thing. So when we came up with this product, what were really some of the things that we considered, Michael, in developing this? Well, first, the Practice Atlas for Anatomy and Physiology is a really simple idea in the, in the respect that you see a photo of an anatomical model and then a photo from our Great Anatomy and Physiology Revealed Cadaver website next to it. And when you click on a structure, you see that structure highlighted on both the model and the cadaver photo. So it, it's really straightforward in terms of what a student needs to do. And number one thing is we want to help students make the connections between anatomical models and a human cadaver, right? So in your labs, your listeners, that you, you may or may not have access to human cadaver material, uh, mm -hmm. donors. Um, and if you do, you know that, you know, still getting your students to be able to find things on a cadaver is a challenge. Right. Um, so that's one of the reasons that we created this, to, to make that connection a lot easier for a student. So they could kind of see, oh yeah, that's exactly where this is on the model and on the cadaver. And for those of you that don't have access to cadavers, this is a great way of taking that anatomical model and showing relevancy to your students. So they're in lab just with the anatomical models, but it's an easy way to show you for, the, for them to see that link to a human cadaver. Yep. And I remember, Michael, earlier on in my career here in, in anatomy and physiology, I had people like Dr. Greg Reeder who did some PowerPoints for us where he was emulating what we did in this product to some degree with having uh, illustration in some ways next to the cadaver image. Um, we didn't have a whole lot of access to models back then, but that's the same kind of concept where you have that anatomical model and the cadaver image 
side by side, you have a muscle, you know, identified or um, structure there that's highlighted, and you see it on both. Yep, and that's something that as we've been um, showing this product to people over the last eighteen months, a lot of people have said, "Oh my gosh." would have saved me a lot of time because oh, yeah. I do this, right? I do this for my students semester after semester. So here it is um, basically all all set for you and ready to use. And, you know, I think the also the, the really neat thing about the Practice Atlas is it gives, it creates a little bit more um, equality in terms of access to lab material. So think oh, yeah. about students, you know, at your college or university where lab time is limited and even extra lab time is a challenge, whether it might not even be, there might not even be three hours because um, colleges are using so many of those um, instructional hours. So it's a chance to take something and here, take this home, um, you know, use it on your own time to get ready for lab. Yeah, that's a big thing, especially using myself as an example if I were a student. I'm the kind of student that would need access to as many things as I could find. My textbook, my lab book, an atlas, um, anything I could possibly get my hands on, I would be that student that would need all that extra help. And for me, I wouldn't have access to a model. I'd have to go into the lab, and we all know that that space is precious space in terms of you want to make sure you keep it secure. It's not open all the time like a library. So I wouldn't really have the opportunity to really learn from a model until today. Yep, and the other thing about the Practice Atlas is, you know, so you access it um, in Connect, yep. um, clicking on uh, an icon to get you to the Practice Atlas. But once a student um, has a Connect account, they can go to the McGraw-Hill Read Anywhere app and download the content from the Practice Atlas onto their phone and be able to use it um, offline. Um, a lot of utility, so obviously outside of class you can use this, but also, you know, I can imagine this being used in lab, right? So students have their phone, they've got the material downloaded, and they're looking at the muscle man model, and the key's missing, right? How many yep. of your listeners know exactly where the keys to their anatomical models are, right? So now they've got a, a study tool in lab that can help them locate structures and learn those anatomical relationships yep um, i'm thinking michael i was smiling because i had an opportunity to work with one of our brand new sales reps this past spring and we were talking about just the whole concept of what an anatomical model is we had a school that was gracious enough to let us into their lab and we were able to watch a lab actually happen then after we got to meet with the lab manager and the instructor and the rep at the time was shocked at how much collateral there was in the room. So at every station, they would have, like, for example, the heart uh, model. They were using Denoyer Geppert, which is uh, one that we use here for the Practice Atlas. And they had the uh, Denoyer model there. And then they also had these sheets that were the keys. And everything had to be annotated just right. And they laminated the cards. They had a, a little ring on there so they wouldn't get lost. And I remember the rep, by the way, Pam Hardwick, if you're listening, this is the story we're talking about. Um, she was surprised at how organized it was. And, of course, the lab um, moderator really beamed because she's like, yeah, that's my work. And what she later said was, it's chaotic in the lab with the amount of students that we have here, with all the kinds of things we're expecting them to do, instructors, TAs, um, on-down-line adjuncts. It's just tough to manage that many people. 
And then at the end of the day, we don't want to have any of our assets walk out the door either. So that's another key piece of it. So I like uh, in the article that I wrote here with Michael and the rest of the team's help, that was the one thing that Michael added to our article that I thought was amazing, is you could actually have a student in the lab with their phone or their tablet, and they could actually be looking at a model. If they had a cadaver, they would see that. But then they're practicing on their tablet, making annotations, making notes, whatever they need to do. And then they could use that later when they're at their house or wherever they're studying. It's awesome. And, Jim, we also have lots of ways to for instructors to get students ready for lab. Yes. So we, we have the practice atlas itself, mm-hmm. which has a study component where, as described previously, you click on a structure, you see it highlighted on both the anatomical model and the, um, and the cadaver photo. But then for each section, there is a study, se- or I'm sorry, a practice section where now the student just has the anatomical model and they have to drag and drop the structures to the right place, right? So kind of one of those things that we always do in A&P or drag and drop type labeling activities. So that gives the student a chance to practice. But we also have a lot of resources now for instructors. So in Connect, in the question bank, in course-wide content, there is an entire bank of practice atlas questions. And we created questions that have both both the model and the cadaver photo side by side, and then the same question that just has the model. So it's up to an instructor to, you know, choose whichever ones that work best for his or her course. Um, but we have both of those. And the, the structure is highlighted, and there are multiple choice questions, so you can get exactly the structures that you want covered in that activity. And then you can assign that as a connect activity, right? So that's something that is easy to become pre-lab, right? Tomorrow we're working on the muscular system. Go in there and find the upper limb muscular model and the lower limb muscular model and the muscle man. Pick the questions you want to assign. Great pre-lab activity. Of course, it's also a wonderful post-lab activity, right? right on. The end of the week at, for lab, you know, what did you learn in lab? Check your students' understanding. You might even consider using it an activity that they do in lab. So maybe towards the last 20 minutes, students work individually or together in a group to do one of these activities, right? Kind of see what they've learned. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Michael. So one thing I'm the most proud of here at McGraw-Hill that we're able to do for any instructor out there using Connect is we can give them assessments like that for the practice Alice. We also have a 1,000 questions that are based off of Anatomy and Physiology Revealed that they can use for their lab. There's also a product that we publish called Phils, which is our Physiology Interactive Lab Simulations, and we have the pre- and post-lab questions for those also available. We just have so much content, and then I forgot, there's even the anatomical models. So we have a separate uh, section of model questions, and there's about 121 from my memory in there. And they're going to have a mixture of Samso, Denoyer, Gepper, 3B. So there's going to be a little more variety in terms of other alternate models in there. But there are literally so much lab content that we can offer for any instructor out there to really use and incorporate in their course. It's so much, so much, so much fun. Much fun. Well, um, that Jim has mentioned, and he'll put the links. He'll put the link there in the notes page. Um, can step. We'll step you through where to find all of this. Um, so go go ahead and follow that article and kind of explore. And also, we can also assign sections of the practice atlas. 
So we also have a way that you as an instructor can kind of surface to your students, like I really want you to look at, uh, let's say, the respiratory system. And you can assign, study the respiratory system, and they'll get all of the models from the respiratory system. Um, and basically, it's a, a simple little way of, okay, here, look at it, and then when you've looked at it, you know, answer yes or no for the point. So it's sort of a gimme type thing, but it is set up to get it on your student's radar, and that way you're taking advantage of the calendar and connect. So, you know, it's not like something that's hidden off to the side. You can say, hey, lab is on Thursday, do this study the respiratory system ahead of time, and just another ability to have a, a pre-lab activity. Hey, and one thing, too, I wanted to mention, I'm glad you brought this up, Michael. If you're an instructor out there and you want to integrate, connect with Blackboard, Canvas, you know, whatever LMS you have, definitely reach out to your learning technology representative because that's something that you can easily do. And I'm thinking about this Practice Atlas product. We offer it for a number of our titles. We try to do this consistently across the board in the newer editions. So in the article, there's actually a specific listing to the book and then the edition number that it's available, complimentary part of Connect. But then we also offer this product as a standalone. So if you're not using a McGraw-Hill book, you can also use this technology for any of your lab courses. And the thing that's amazing, Michael, is they can actually integrate that with their Blackboard and their Canvas. So it's single sign-on. And then what you just said about the assigned readings, now you can take advantage of that calendar that's now shared with the LMS, Connect, and then also you can get some detailed um, scores and grading on the assessments that you're throwing out there as well, which is great. Okay, so Michael, how about if we do rapid fire here? I know we, you and I are excited. We could talk for years about the Practice Atlas. We'll keep doing shows like this uh, throughout the year. Uh, one other thing before I ask Michael the rapid fire questions, um, we also do a lot of these articles, and we really want to hear from you. If there's an article you want to see us publish, we're really serious about trying to educate our customers on what we offer and then also course-wide best practices. So I'll put that link to our page as well. But anything that you have in your mind in terms of I'd like to see an article, like one that recently um, came to me. Somebody said, can you partner with um, a school and do an article on test-taking strategies? And I thought that was a wonderful suggestion, so I really appreciate that. Um, but things like that, if you have ideas, um, send those along, and we'll make sure we get the collateral created. But we're going to go to the rapid fire here. So Michael Cote, if you were teaching today, not working at McGraw-Hill, how would you use the Practice Atlas in your course? Oh, it would be a, a pre-lab activity for sure. Got it? Yeah, I would, I would use it as pre-lab. And then also encourage students to use it in, in class, like as a resource. Got it. So you think the magic there is, you know, obviously I know a lot of folks that will have technology in their purview in terms of using it in their course. How important do you think it is to have the instructor be showing it? Oh, very important. Yeah, I think that's actually incredibly important. And when you look at um, like studies done on motivation, one of the things is you know does is there value placed on it by both parties, right? So thinking about that instructor-student relationship, you know, when an instructor is just saying, "Okay, these are great resources," you know, kind of do those on your own. Well, the instructor's not showing any importance to it, right? So any time that an instructor takes some time to demonstrate technology, um, I think it's, it signals to a student that, hey, this is valuable. Like, 
oh, they're giving up class time, right? Whether that be anatomy and physiology revealed, or the practice atlas, or a concept overview interactives, um, or even, you know, using SmartBook. An right. instructor spending a little bit of time on that is definitely, you'll, you'll see the reward. And in the many interviews that I've done with students, they will say that. So they pay attention very closely to what you're doing in class. Even though I know they like to multitask and they get distracted, they're paying attention to those signals of, hey, this is important. And they're watching when you show it. You don't have to be an expert in it, but they'll, they're paying attention to what you value. And they're going to really, it's going to transfer to them in a big way. So I love that about motivation. And Michael's nodding right now because he's saying, yes, we're going to do a second podcast on this whole concept of motivation. Excellent. Because it goes back to a conversation that Michael and I had with uh, an instructor in Indiana at a HAPS conference. And we got in this whole dialogue, I don't know if you remember this, about um, motivation. And I think for us, sometimes we assume that students are motivated. You know, they tell us they're motivated, but being motivated is a whole other animal. There are a lot of steps that you have to go through to become properly motivated. And I think the instructor has a part in that. Yep. Which is great. Okay, so rapid fire question again, number two for you, Michael. Well, before I go down this road, there's one part on here that I think is going to be potentially a rabbit hole, but let's go here first. In the article, we talk a little bit about the systems-based nature of the practice atlas, but you can have some folks that like the regional approach you know for their course materials and i know you made mention in that part of the article where you said there's some parts of the product that lend themselves to regional orientation yeah so i mean basically when we were creating the practice atlas we kind of followed the idea like you know a, a model could be used in multiple systems so wherever it is there it shows up right so obviously you take something like um the lateral female pelvis model or the the, the the model that shows the median female pelvis, right? That's obviously going to be in reproductive, yep. digestive, urinary, and cardiovascular because all there are structures in all of that that show up in the model. Um, but, you know, when it's in urinary, obviously we're going to show the bladder, but we're also going to show the uterus because it's an important landmark, right? You So it's kind of the example of we're not just doing systems-only structures when you're looking at the urinary system, right? Because obviously you want to know what other structures are around there, right? Yep. Same with the sigmoid colon. Yeah. It's funny you mention this. So the other day I was on the phone um, and my wife heard me talk about regional and systems-based anatomy. And she said, I've heard you say this a number of times. How would you explain that to someone? So the way I did it is I said, if you look at your head and you look at that as a region, I'm using the air quotes. You have skin, bone, nervous system, blood, a lot of different things in that quote-unquote region of your body. I said, that's the regional approach. And she's like, all right, well, what is a systems-based approach? I said, systems is you study the integumentary system, which is your skin, and you study it through the whole body. If you look at the skeletal system, you study the whole body. But you're only focused on that one system. And she said, okay, great. Now I know. Just fun. Michael smiling ear to ear because we get into this conversation all the time. Yeah, so I mean, it, it the practice atlas was created to kind of fit with with systems because that is the predominant way that people are teaching um, A and P in human anatomy. But certainly, it could be used um, in in different ways. It's awesome. 
All right, so last rapid-fire question for you. Um, if you were going to tell someone your personal favorite system, structure, aspect of the practice atlas, content-wise, for you, what would it be? Oh, I think the uh, understudy the respiratory system, the head frontal view is, is a really cool model. Um, that's 3B. That's a 3B model. And we have a great photo that goes with it um, for APR. And, you know, you just, it's a, I can, I can uh, recall seeing this cadaveric material when I was teaching, but it shows you how the quality of the model, frankly. Um, it's a great model. And then the, how close the, the um, APR image, how much correlation there is. So kind of locating those structures, you know, they're smaller structures. They're, they're kind of hard to imagine, like, where the ethmoid sinus is. But then when you see it in a frontal view um, on both the model and the APR photo, it, you really see, oh, wow, this is, I get a much better understanding of the location. Boy, I'll tell you what, you may not like me for saying this, but that particular view in my early days would scare the heck out of me. Uh, yeah, it's pretty intimidating, and I remember I got to see it a million years ago when I was at the Center for Human Simulation. They actually had um, a cadaveric uh, specimen that they were processing, and they were using that view, and so I got to see it. That helped me a little bit because it, it wasn't as scary, believe it or not, live in person. But uh, the other thing I was going to mention too, Michael, that I love that you guys did in this product is the fact that when you're looking at a view, you can see what model company obviously we were using but then you also will give the model number and then the part as well so I'm looking at the article that we have online and you've got uh, the G15 lung model with larynx seven part and of course that's the 3B scientific uh, model and then the Denoyer Geppert what I'll read to you real quick here is on one of the specimens that we have online uh, for the article They've got the internal organs model, and it's 0146-00. Why that's important, if you remember back earlier when Michael and I were talking and I was sharing that story about the lab coordinator who had her uh, laminated sheets, a lot of times that's what will be featured on those laboratory sheets is the specific model number. Yeah, and we really tried to, the models, we named them in the practice atlas for the most part, very similar to the name that each model company uses. Oh, I um, love it. To, to really, to make it user-friendly. So somewhere on that model is is a name, or was a name at some point, right? But a student's going to be able to find the name of that model um, and be able to then use the practice atlas to reference it. Awesome. So that's something I did not know. I take it for granted. You know, I've been demonstrating this for, you know, probably eight months now. It's been out in production. I've written articles on it. And I just assumed that basically this was a common way to do it, but you're right. It, you guys did it for ease of use. Yeah, so like in the digestive system, you know, there is a model called the life-size digestive system, and that's a specific model by Denoyer Geppert. Okay, if you're going to say your number two, what would your number two area be in this product that you just love the anatomical specimen portrayed? Uh, I, I think the muscular lower limb is... is well done. Oh yeah, that's too. a fun one. It's a, it's a really nice model, and um, you know you just see great correspondence between the model and the the uh, actual human specimen as well. 
Yeah, that's a good one, too. You know, and even with the um, depth, so that model has the ability to take a, to take away some of the superficial muscles and, and see some of the deeper muscles, and that, you know, that helps as well. And, um, you know, we have all of those views labeled. So I'm showing Jim right now the medial view of the thigh muscles, and you can see that superficially, and then you can see that as a deep view as well as some of those muscles are removed. Yeah, that's really, I love that view. Because you can really see the detail there. And and actually, this view in the practice atlas, there isn't a corresponding APR image because um, there isn't a, a view in APR exactly the like. So th the vast majority will always be a model in the APR image. There are some times where we simply just didn't have a similar view, so it will just be the model. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Michael, I want to thank you today for stopping by the office here at 501 Bell Street in studio, sharing all the magic here for the Practice Atlas. We're definitely going to have you back on the show so we can talk about motivation. We also have some other ideas up our sleeve in terms of content that you all have asked for that we're going to incorporate in the show. I want to thank you guys for listening, and then I'm going to throw out an offer for you. Um, here's the offer. If you are a current user of our books and you haven't explored Connect or maybe you haven't gotten into certain elements of it, we would love to get student feedback on this product. Um, so we've done this here for the last eight months now, and we will pay your students $5 a student for their feedback as long as they fill out the survey. They'll get access to the software for the semester. Um, feel free to reach out to myself or Michael if you want to take us up on that offer. And that also goes for if you're not using a McGraw-Hill textbook or digital product. Um, reach out to us. So anybody that wants to test this, it's kind of an open door right now. Um, with your students and we've learned a lot we've got a ton of really good student quotes from students that are actually using it and it's a good way for us to get exposure for the product as well and I'm, I'd also think Jim for instructors that are using the practice atlas share your story oh reach, absolutely reach out to Jim let let Jim know how you're using it and we can start kind of collect this and maybe yep. that's a future podcast it'd be a future podcast and that's also how products like this come to be so I remember early on when we published Anatomy and Physiology Revealed, we were getting instructors all over the place tell us, here's how I'm using it. And I remember one of the ways an instructor is using our product is she was saving out the cadaver images, and then she already had model images that she personally took, and she was literally drawing the leader lines to muscles, similar to what we're doing today, but she had to do all that work herself. So definitely get these ideas, and we want to hear from you. And also, just thank you guys for listening as a reminder, we're on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, on the web, anywhere you can find a podcast, we're there. Succeed in AP. We're really proud of you all listening. And if you have show ideas, definitely get those in. And Michael, once again, thank you for stopping by here in the office here, 501 Bell Street here in Dubuque, Iowa. Love doing this podcast live. Thanks, Jim. You bet, Michael. Have a good day.